Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. How's it going, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for sharing, for making this a part of your life. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation that we had with former Green Bay Packers cornerback, special teams ace Jarrett Bush. Hard-pressed to find somebody who just worked harder than Jarrett Bush throughout his decade in the NFL. Just uh, unbelievably hard worker, as as you'll find out. A Super Bowl champion had an interception in that Super Bowl on Ben Roethlisberger in 2010. So I hope you enjoy this. We talked about Bush's career, his rise, how he kind of beat the odds, and then, of course, the current Green Bay Packers. He's still living in Green Bay, analyzing the team, and it has his pulse on everything out there in Green Bay. So, you know, what can these Packers draw from those Packers, I think, is a good theme for this show because it's been a while since the Packers won a Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, as always, this podcast is powered by Fatty Beer Company, several locations throughout Western New York, in addition to Rochester, Columbus. Uh, we did this episode at the Hamburg location, and we're also going to be at the Orchard Park location. So be sure, go longtd.com, refresh it Monday mornings. We'll let you know exactly where we're going to be for our subscribers. Uh, so you can hang out with us, have a beer, talk some football, and enjoy our guests. So Without further ado, and obviously this was on Zoom, Jared Bush isn't living in Buffalo. So some of our guests are going to be in person. Some of our guests will be on Zoom, but uh, this was a lot of fun. Hope you enjoy. Here is Jared Bush. All right, ladies and gents, we are joined now on the Go Long Podcast by, I don't use this lightly, I know we like to blow some smoke up our guests, you know what, but this man right here, Jarrett Bush, was an absolute joy to cover when I was on the Green Bay Packers beat. There was a magnetic pull to his locker uh, when we're just kind of slumming around in there because, Jarrett, I mean, you always had something insightful to say, you were willing and, and, and just you wanted to talk. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah. I think it's just your personality. You're just such an engaging dude. But um, also beyond, but beyond that, just being a good person, I'm not sure I've, I've ever met somebody in football who squeezed as much out of your, you know, God-given ability and your, your talents that, than you did. I mean, nobody worked harder 
than Jared Bush at 1265 Lombardi. So I think he kind of left a legacy there. But anyways, Jared Bush, longtime Green Bay Packers, special teams ace, DB, a lot of moments to get into. Pleasure to have you here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Tyler. Yeah. How's life? Where, where are you at these days? So, yeah, I'm, so I'm still in Green Bay. And uh, she met a pretty girl, man, and I think she loves me. So here I am. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So a local right there in Green Bay and then decided yeah. to, to put the roots down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy here, man. Um, you know, the schools, hospitals, the, the people here. Um, right. You don't have to drive very far. You got Milwaukee, you got Chicago, you know, close distance proximity to you. And, uh, you know, it's a family town. It's safe. You don't have to worry about any riffraff going on. You know, you got, I got my kids. You know, like, the kids go outside play. I don't have to worry about anything happening to them because the neighbors kind of self-police. Life is good, man. Except for the cold. That's the only thing I will say. But I did get into skiing. Uh, skiing has been another joy to kind of get into after football, right? I don't have to worry about any injuries or anything. So skiing has definitely been uh, another part of my life, you know, going up to the mountain. I like it. You know, honestly, I've told you this. I could have lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin the rest of my life, too. Because people are amazing. Uh, I mean, you got everything you want there, obviously, but... You're interesting, Jared, because like earlier in your career, like you were the whipping boy for these fans. Like these these locals, I mean, you were an easy target. You're you know, you're the nickel DB, so the spotlight's on you. And then I guess winning the Super Bowl will do it. Catching an interception in the Super Bowl will do it. At some point you became this beloved Green Bay Packer and they, they love you out there now and you decide to live in Green Bay the rest of your life. So how, how do you go from point A to point B? <sighs> That's a good question. Well, when I, ret- I first retired, I really myself living in Bay. But then, as I lived in certain areas, so I lived in Chicago for two years. I lived in Arizona for two years, and I knew I didn't want to go back home just because I didn't want to go back home um, for whatever reason. And for something just kept calling me here. I don't know what it was. You can you can say it was a spirit. You can say it was just my gut instinct, and. It, I think it just allowed me to just kind of slow down. You know what I'm saying? Because I think some of the bigger cities you can you can get you can get caught up in a lot of stuff and distractions from your real goals. And I think just the networking. I think the people, the organization, uh, the right, the networking I, I, that I uh, developed in my playing career was was really pivotal. And just understanding that that network was going to allow me to again increase in. Um, catapult me with the pedestal that I already had being a former NFL player. Um, I look forward to So I got a TV show with Burke Griffin. I'm not sure you ran into him in the locker room. So we do a locker room live. And um, hopefully one day I can stand up on ESPN and, and get, you know, lock in a contract. I think I would love to do that. And just talk green, go forward, just talk football in general, you know, kind of just break it down and um, go that route there. And as well, just have the flexibility to care about the little girls. It's a lot of work, right there. It I always is. love it when you guys join the dark side too, right? It's, it's, but you you were you were born for it though. You were always a charismatic dude who liked to talk ball. It, it, I, I think you always yeah, had I that in you. The dark, yeah, side, the dark side. Wait, did I join the dark side? You joined the dark side. Was too, I ever right? on the good side as a front office no, member? Was you I? You were always, a normal human. Being, I was always on the dark side. <laughs> yeah, as a front office, you're always on the dark side. Okay, that's what I wanted. That was you led me right into my next question. So. 
un, you're undrafted coming out. Say Green Bay, you know, gives you your opportunity. Did you ever know this, like, the guys that scouted you, the front office, like, the uh, Gutekus was probably director. Gutekus is probably a Southeast scout back then. Right. Oh, now six, he's the yeah. GM, yeah. But did you ever know much about the scouts or the front office guys? Not really. Yeah, I did. Uh, you would hear through the grapevine. You hear, oh, for instance, like, player development people, or you yeah. would hear some okay. scouts, and they would, they would kind of trip in your ear, like, hey, so Ted Thompson was the guy was the GM when I played. Right, uh, got right. Oh, God rest no doubt. But yeah. I found out through through the grapevine that he was an undrafted player himself. When when they said that, I was like, I got a shot. I got a shot because he understands. He understands the work ethic. He understands so when the, when the when the chips are stacked against you. He understands the politics. He understands. The opportunities are limited when you're undrafted because your investment is smaller. So you're not you're not the road you're not the pretty rose that they're trying to care for and trying to cultivate. You know you're you're kind of like this flower over here where it's like okay if you grow great but if you don't we're okay either either way. You know so um, it's almost better. People don't understand this. I don't know if you did when you were coming out, but it's almost better to be undrafted than to be a six or a seventh round pick sometimes because although the, the team he picked though gave up on him right Carolina oh first team was Carolina that's yeah. right it was Carolina my fault that was my but, fault. I mean you're, you're right though Green Bay they claimed you off waivers didn't they didn't Green Bay like kind of yeah well, uh, I think they, they tried to hide me on practice squad from what I heard from the coaching staff and okay. my agent um, and I guess I, I didn't clear waivers I guess Green Bay did their homework and they. They, right, that's, who, that's the preseason. That's, yeah, the preseason, and they're like, "Hey, we think this is, this is the guy that can help us." Yeah, and so I got picked up. I had no idea where I was going when I got playing to Green Bay, Wisconsin. But they had a professional football team. That was it. And so way now I went. Live, now you live there. Now that's life. That's football, right there. Right. It's it's uncertainty. Uncertainty. It's right? Uncertainty. And, and being comfortable in that uncertainty. Um, right. I think a lot of people, right, can can make people tremble, but I think it was a thrill. I mean, I had I got I had my dream job playing NFL football, and so right when there's uncertainty, and you still have enthusiasm, job. I mean, there was no fear there. So where did that comfortability and uncertainty really come from for you, Jarrett? Because I mean. For people who don't know, I mean, Jared Bush was the guy at training camp when everybody was walking back or biking back to the locker room. I still remember you putting that weighted vest on, right? Just backpedaling, doing drills out on your own, just just drenched with sweat. I mean, this is every day. This is as early as the two day era. I think you're on for those. You're on for those two days as well. But yeah, my God, my God, you you poured your 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 blood, your sweat, your tears into this thing more than yeah. anybody. That I saw at camp. So where yeah. where does that really come from for you? Like what what motivated you? What what are the roots of that? Well, I think just the drive. I think it comes it comes from just maybe my childhood, just being the younger brother, trying to outshine, always trying to outshine my older brother. He was, he ended up being a doctor, uh, right? He's a PhD, and so he's Doctor Bush, and I wasn't a big school guy. 
But I was like, I find some, some way, somehow, to outshine him because <laughs> he abused the brain act. And on top of those layers, I think I, re- I just really wanted to succeed in NFL football. Just seeing, you know, Dion, Jerry Rice, Emmett, some of the guys I used to emulate, idols, right? Um, and my high school football, we didn't win much. And when I ran track and field, we won a ton. So I was like, man, what's the deal? Like, what's going on here? You know, like, why Why is it Why is it track and field? We're, like, state, right, top five in the state in football. Like, we're here. And I think I just had something to prove. I was like, man, I can play. I know I can play. I had the self-belief that I knew I can play at the D1 level. And then I won, you know, once I got to the D1 level, I was like, let's, let's up to Annie and see, see what the NFL prospect looks like. And – there was some uh, some awe factor, right, when you step into that room, right, seeing, you know, Steve Smith and Fox and Pepper. But at the same time, you have that kind of, that kind of goes by the wayside. Let me have a job. I'm here, I'm here today. I'm Jared Bush. Nice to meet you. I'm six foot. Yeah, I'm 4'3", 4'4", 2", you know what I'm saying? So, um, I, yeah, I went to Utah State, this and that and the third, but I'm here to stay and I had my foot in the door. What did it say? Once you get a foot in the door, you try to slap your body in there, you know? So. Right, right. <laughs> and that's what you did. I mean, it, that, take us through the interception in the Super Bowl. You know, it's yeah. probably the play that defined your career, right? I mean, that that's the one that maybe we'll be, we'll be seeing for, for years, for decades. And if you don't pick off Ben Roethlisberger in that moment, I don't know if the Packers win that Super Bowl. So what, what, what did you see? How did that go down? Yeah, man, so I saw that play on film, right? I saw that play maybe about a week ago. I was like, man, this seems like a routine throw. Like, he is this empty, right? No running backs in the backfield. It went receiver, receiver, tight end, Heath Miller, and then went running back, receiver. And it's just a, it's just a routine third down. I kept seeing it pop up after game, after game, after game, in the same area of the field, like maybe like the 40 and, 40 and the 40, you know? It seemed just very routine, and it's my fault. And um, you know, you had the DB trailing against Mike Wallace. It's, it's, it's so fast, and so I was sitting in the middle of the dime back, and Dom Capers calls a, a fire zone. It allows me to play the three receiver hooks, which basically I play like a linebacker, just playing any low route, and. I missed it during practice. I was I was pissed. I'm not gonna lie. I missed it, and a Rob a Rob was throwing it, and I was I got so enthusiastic. I got it like I missed it, but I was like, you know what? Hey, Jared, in the game, if they come out, I remember when they came out. I was like, this is it. This is it. And and with preparation, all that fear went away, which is crazy. And I remember Dom Capers really always talked about like. More over prepared you were, the more confident you became on the football field, and that held true. And I saw that formation now as they trickled to the line of scrimmage. I was like, "This is it. All I can do is make them bait it, make them throw it, and make the play." Now, easier said than done, but I just took a few steps back, he hiked the ball, or Mike come screaming across, and it's right, you're right in uh, in Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's vision, and he threw a dart, and I dumped that. The red and that was shortly after Charles Woodson went down, right? Uh, Woodson was still in at that point. 
He was still in the point. I think he went, he went, in, he went down later on that, that quarter. Right. Which, yeah. Talk about a pressure-packed moment. You lose yeah. your, your defensive player of the year just the year before. You know, then, then you're the nickel guy, right? And- yep. Yep. I think that one of the biggest things when, when I was in the Super Bowl, when I, when I made that interception, was like I was, I was pumped up and excited. But I was like, man, it, it's, it's not going to be the same if, if we don't win this game. Right, like, right. like telling the story now, it's a whole lot different. Right, I can tell the same story, and we lost. It's not gonna have as fun. But I was like, Jerry, you gotta win this game. You gotta win the game first. Like, okay, you gotta pick, win the game, and then you can celebrate. You know, so I think that was the biggest thing. Like that was that was our goal, right? One heartbeat, one sound, one team, one goal. Right, that was our motto. What did – I mean, so you follow the team closely. Obviously, you, you played for another four seasons, but what did that team really possess that, you know, the next 10, 11 teams have been chasing? Right, because I think when you won that Super Bowl, we all assumed the Packers are just going to be back in this game again and again and again. But yeah. being on that team, that defense, what, what do you think it was that, that you guys really had that maybe they're, they're still trying to find as a team? I think just the resilience, the resilience to, you know what I'm saying? Because we had, I think we had like 12 to 15 guys on IR at that time. You know what I'm saying? So we we definitely got bit by the injury bug, and we were still playing at a really high level. A-Rod was in his prime, and right, we had a rookie running back, James Starks. We had Andrew Buffalo. Corliss, That's right. right? He's from yeah. Buffalo, right? Uh, Andrew Corliss, because Jerry Michael Finley was was on IR. Um, I think Donald Driver got hurt. Charles Woodson got hurt, right? Ryan Grant was on was on IR. That's right, Ryan uh, Grant. Brandon Chiller, Brandon Chiller was on IR. Nick Barnett was on IR. I can go down the list. I think Colin. I think Colin was Morgan Burnett. Um, Morgan Burnett, he was, yeah, he tore his ACL. Um, so I think just the resilience, and, and and you gotta give credit to the front office. There you go. There's the, there's the good side. There you go. The good side. The front office they brought in guys off the street that could play. They they Green brought. Bay's always been one of the better teams. I always felt like with undrafted or picking guys like you off in preseason, team was gonna try to stash you on the P squad. Nope, we'll take you. They were good like that. Right. So they're prepared for injuries. That's it's it's good that you notice that though, because it is. It's a sign of a good front office when you don't skip a beat and continue to your you know for your goal. Correct. Correct. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And good guys too. Not only could they play, they were good guys. You know, so yeah, yeah, sure. give them give them a lot of credit for their evaluation process and as well as their character. You know? So matters. Yeah. It matters. Yeah. Top notch. Top notch. Jerry, can you just flip your uh, camera by chance? You're upside down, Doris. There we go. Perfect. Right. I feel like I saw you really So most people are listening, but um, so you're you're watching, you're analyzing the current team. Is is all right in the world, or you know, with the Bears are, are rebuilding. Obviously, they're not trying to really win rebuild this year. now for too long. You, you got at some point we got <laughs> right. the Bears aren't rebuilding. They stink. I just got done watching them again. I, and let me take that back. I just to your point though. Yeah. Like they need. I mean, 
there is rebuilding, and there is like, can they just get out of their own way? Right. But go ahead. So, Sorry, I cut you off. No, I didn't no, mean to cut I, you off. I, no, if I can take you back off that, like, when's the rebuilding process going to end? And like, when are you going to continue to to be a, uh, a Super Bowl contending team? I think one formula I think you have to look back at was when they had Devin Hester as a rookie with Rex Grossman. Uh, they beat us. Up. I was with the Saints. That's right. They beat us in the NFC in 2006. Right. Right. And so they, I thought they were a good team, man. You got Devin Hester. He ran it back, I think, for the kickoff that Super Bowl game. Um, Rex Grossman, he wasn't the best quarterback, but he was an effective quarterback. I thought, what, I think Brian Ehrlich, I think he was at his prime. Lance Briggs, some of those guys. Um, Pat Tillman. I think that was a great recipe for success. I'm not sure now, like, if they're emulating that or, like, who's in charge or who's pulling the triggers or who's doing the evaluation process. So, um, oh, it says a lot right, that, right there when you say you don't even know. It tells you a lot because they, they've they right. been switching around and trying. They don't know. Right. Should Green Baby concern though? I mean, that was a rough opener. Life without Devontae Adams is going to take a little while to sort out. Um, where do you see the Packers right now and you know, that never-ending quest to get over the hump? I think they'll be okay. I think they get a young receiving core that, frankly, is wide-eyed and googly-eyed. Probably a little scared because the rookies. Let's, let's face it. Let's be frank. When you're a rookie coming to the NFL, you're a little scared. You're a little nervous. He was like, man, I do not want to mess up. I do not want to be the guy who, like, ruins the game or this and that. They're just trying to skate by, trying to make sure they do good. And I was talking to Antonio Freeman at the alumni game, and he was saying that but they just seem like robots out there. They seem like robots because they're, just, they're listening to what the receiver coach is saying, not what A-Rod is saying, and they're not able to improvise a little bit. And, and that, that Don DePalme, I was like, that, that sounds about right because they're doing everything what they're, the coach is telling them to do instead of playing football. Right? If you're at the park, you're playing football. But the fact that you got a coach and you got so much investment, you, you're going to do everything the coach tells you. But the moment that they relax and they understand to let their talents take over and stop being so robotic is the day I think they ha- they're going to hang like 55 on them. Now, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take A-Rod to kind of get into them a little bit. The receivers, coach, right, they got to mold them a little bit. And for them to get comfortable, I, I think that's going to take time. I, I say it's going to take a whole year. They might start to get it within that year, but it's going to at least take two. I can still remember talking to one of the young wide receivers on, on your, one of your teams. Maybe, yeah, you, you would have been on this team. And he said that uh, you know, Edgar Bennett was the wide receivers coach. And that Edgar at one point just told him, all right, do do whatever Aaron says. Like he, he, he told him, like, the route to run within a play and the receiver was doing it and Aaron got pissed off and said, no, I want you to run it this way. And Edgar's just like, all right, whatever he says, just, just go do it. So it's – and it's like he, he struck that balance with the Jordy Nelsons and the Randall Cobbs and Devontae Adams, obviously, where they could just street ball it out there. I don't know if you can street ball with the young receivers, though. That that's where I kind of can empathize with being a robot. It's like yeah. they are so young, they don't have those built-in reps with, with Rodgers. And that's where it gets difficult, right? Because that's when Rodgers is best. You're right. Like, oh, you see what I see, let's just audible and do whatever. But yeah, I don't know if they're gonna be able to get to that point. Well, I think everything everything is going to be a work in progress. I think just like all of us, 
I think they're asked to do a, a really high standard job, really demanding in front of thousands of people. Anxiety is a thing. Nervousness is going to be a thing. But I think at the end of the day, they got to go win, win football games and all that anxiety stuff, they got, that has to go away. And frankly, if they don't want to get it done, and when A-Rod comes to him, like, hey, I need you to run this route, he's going to find somebody else who will. I guarantee that. I, I guarantee that. And so, so it's in that. his best interest. It's in his best interest to do what he says and catch the football. And he'll, right, he'll make a name for himself. They're giving out, giving out lifetime scholarships, as, as everybody knows, right? Devontae, they're giving out lifetime scholarships. If you can go out there and catch the ball. I'm going to tell you who I know personally, and Tyler does a little bit. We covered this player, and I guarantee you he knows where to go, and he will catch the football is Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Oh, he'll, yeah. He'll, he's, he won't, he's, not, he's not talented enough now to dominate, you know, on, on pure talent. But he can certainly play a good role for them. And I thought that showed uh, last night. It was good to see him get involved. Yeah. But that Definitely. his he does not drop the ball. Or right. I should let me say it. They all drop him. But he, yeah. But he, yeah, he, count, he that would be a rare thing. You can count. Yeah, on and him. you and Sammy Watkins. He's a savvy veteran that you definitely want on your team. I I'm not sure if he can pick him up and put him down like he used to. But he yeah. definitely is effective. Um, sure. Knowing knowing how to uh, find holes and manipulate the defense, um, if, but if a DB, you know, if he stacks on top of a receiver, he still is dangerous. And I think that was a wise move by the front office to go ahead and make that move to bring to bring in a savvy veteran to kind of teach some of the young bucks the, the ropes. Are there any uh, corner safeties you just love watching right now on any team? Is there anybody that you're like, man? Or even on Green I like, Bay, I like, even. Um, I like seeing Jair. Um, yeah, I mean that's a. I, I, I like seeing Jalen Ramsey. I don't. I don't like when he's playing undisciplined. I think he. Oh, we can have a whole Jalen Ramsey conversation. If you yeah, want. <laughs> like when like when he's good, he's really good. But right now, at the beginning of the season, he's not very good. Um, but, <laughs> um, Xavier Bellman, he's 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 a decent corner down in. Um, was it down in Miami? I think there's a yeah. uh, corner in Atlanta, number 24. Yeah. Terrell, Terrell's, Terrell's good. Yeah, he's Terrell. And uh, I want, I want to see, I want to see this kid, Sauce Gardner. Yeah, I like the way I he looks. I agree with you. I'm, I want to see him on tape a little more. Yeah, he looks, man, he, he looks the part. Yeah, he does. I mean, name like Sauce. You've you got everything going for you. You got the name, <laughs> right. the look. Now you just got to play. You make a play, you're good now. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Deion um, Sanders says, look good, play good. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I like uh I like also Buddha Baker. Oh yeah. Buddha Baker, a small cat. Um who else? Uh yeah, but you definitely pay attention though. It's cause I was curious yeah. to see if you have time to even like watch some guys or you know, oh, yeah. just watch football in general. Yeah. Right. You know, so coaching high school. I'm always trying to find so they get tired of hearing my voice sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. And even that, even me being playing in the NFL, they get tired of hearing my voice. So I'm like, you know what, Joe? You got you got to find another way to kind of get it through the heads that playing discipline is cool. Because out there, they they don't think discipline football is cool. They they want to like wear the swag and wear the wristband, but then they just want to do what they want to do. You know, like wait a minute, 
But if you do what you want to do, we're not going to win any football games. You're not going to win any girls. You know what I'm saying? So, and every 14, every 14 year old boy is going to want the girl, right? And so that's my motivation. I'm like, hey, man, you want to get the picks? This is what you got to do. The picks, get the girls. The pick sixes, get the girls. The sack fumbles, scoop and score, get the girls. And so I, so I, I get examples of NFL players doing it right. So they're like, oh, man, that's cool. And so it's like, see what I'm telling you? Like, now try it. And then they try it, and it's like, oh, okay. So I, I'm really trying – it really challenges me as a coach to kind of, you know, stretch my thinking, like, how can I teach it a different way versus me just, you know, reiterating or echoing the same thing over and over again. The reason veterans extend their careers is because you guys know what you're doing. But when the physical talent starts to slip just a little bit, you make up for it because you know what you're doing and you will make every team. I can't tell you how many times every meeting, every cut down meeting we've ever had in the NFL. It's just, that coach says, no, I look, he's on. Like he knows everything. He's good. Like the, the you know, the GMs on the, you know, the skill that's, side. That was I mean, really, well, that's what I was going to say. We might be, like, I don't know. He looks, he looks a step slow. You know, we, we think he might be a coach, but nope. Nope. It's okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. He's making it. He's playing. Right. Because with that extra, when we lose that extra step, we make up for it in our cognitive ability. You know what I'm saying? When I first started in Philadelphia, Troy Vincent, longtime corner, you know, great corner, drafted high corner. Yep. Made this transition to safety. Brilliant. I mean, he was football brilliant. Now you see what he's doing for the league. But that's when I was so – I was a young scout, and I was like, oh, wow. I thought Troy was done, couldn't run. I'm like, wow, he just extended his career like another just for that. Yeah. yeah. You tell yeah, those yeah. guys that. You can – this will take you a lot. This will, hey, let's keep that bank account looking all right. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Amen that 40 that. time doesn't always keep the bank account. <laughs> <laughs> it sure doesn't. It helps, but – yeah. Oh no! It, <laughs> it, it might set you up for life. It yeah. Might set you up for life. No. Yeah. There was Jared and writing the blood and guts, the tight ends book. Um, I was hanging out with Tony Gonzalez. He definitely remembered 2013 when, he, you, when he was with Atlanta. Jared got in his head. They had the game-winning breakup on Gonzalez, and I remember you, John, in his ear and letting him hear it. So, like, right, right to the end, you were making plays. In the snow, no doubt, I think, no right? doubt, no doubt. Hey, I'm, I'm never gonna lose that competitive spirit. I mean, especially against a Hall of Famer. Especially against yeah. Hello, yeah. Especially against a Hall of Famer, you definitely want to rise up to the top and and play your best. And so when I was like, oh, 24, you get 20 because I was like, oh man, that's such a blessing in disguise. <laughs> yeah, I was like, let's go, let's go. I get the Hall of Famer. I was like, yeah, he's not gonna catch. It. I'm gonna talk so much smack to him. And sure enough, yeah, man, I got. I was like, man, stop pushing off, man. Like, come on, man. Like, it's because you deed up. It's because you deed up. But, but to your point, Tyler, I think made. I think that game, 2013 and 2012. I think it was. They came to us and they had to make the playoffs to win. If they won, they got to the playoffs. Was that the game? It was. It was. I think you were. You were down to Matt Flynn. I mean, Aaron was out with his injury. I think, and it was in the snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. So in two minute drill, two minute drill, um, Matt yeah. Ryan throws a, throws a seven route, and I did my film study. You know what I'm saying? Just like any other savvy veteran, and I knew he was gonna throw the seven because they had to get out of bounds, right? So they they did the concept nine seven three, and just to run the seven, I think I forget it was um, Douglas. 
forget his name. Harry Douglas see. was around, yeah. What was his name? Harry Douglas. Harry Douglas. That was that was him, and he ran. The, he, was in the, he was in the number three, number three spot. He could run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could run. He could run. He could run. And and Matt Ryan threw it blind. Like as soon as he cut, he just threw it, and all like, oh yeah, it's mine. And I, and I caught it, ran to Sam Shields, and hey, we sealed the victory that day. Man, well, Jared, can't thank you enough for for hopping on here. We talked a little earlier. You're, you're coaching today. Like, how is life? after football for you and where can people find you man so yeah you can find me on facebook and twitter uh under jared bush or jaredbushmotivates.com so i do speaking engagements uh, i do leadership workouts uh i tell my stories about just how how i about, about my failure failures and successes and um just help motivate people if they're stuck in the rut or they're trying to start a business or they're just feeling deflated or they just need like a just a little motivation to kind of get over their hump of whatever they're going through. I'm the guy to call. <laughs> You're hard-pressed to find a better player out there that just to offer those words of wisdom. Awesome to see you, man. It's been too long. Thanks so much for, for hopping on, and let's let's do it again soon. It's just great to see you. Hey, I'm one call and text away, my man. Love it. Awesome. I got to say, with the haircut, I thought Greg Jennings popped on real quick. I don't know if you've been getting that at all. He had the, the, the shaved side. I was wondering what was going on. I'm way better looking than that guy. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Awesome, man. Be good. Thanks so much, Jared. All right. Thanks again, guys. Good luck, Jared. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared. All right, later.